Recording? Yeah, recording. This is Mom's Basement Podcast, episode 60. I still don't have my fucking copies of They Became Flash Edition. (laughs) Where we answer the most important question of this podcast ever. Are the Skype gods trying to stop this podcast? They may be. They may be afraid of what I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, this episode, we are going to discuss our playtest of, let's see if I can get it right this time, Vincenzi, Vincenzi, Giacomo, I don't know, uh, Italian, the Italian Game Chef entry, Guilty. And I, I feel sorry. I'm sorry, um, Vince. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, <laughs> for completely garbling your name like the ugly American that I am. The emails he sent me are from the handle Jack Vice. So maybe I'll just call him Jack Vice. Jack Vice's game, Guilty. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about rules lawyering. But... At the top of the show, as we usually do, do we have any announcements? Well, last time we tried to record this, I said no, and now I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I got a bunch of nerd books that came in, and so I'm going to read some of it, and then I'm going to let you guys read it, and we're going to do some some magic, yo. Yo. When you say nerd books, what do you mean? Oh, as in uh, RPG books. But anyways, it was... Um, uh, website uh, Troll and Toad, and um, they had a whole bunch of like books that were like severely cheap. They were like a dollar, dollar fifty even. And um, so yeah, I grabbed a whole bunch of books, and now I got them. And so it's fun trying to read uh, books, you know, previously done to see just all the terror bad reasons why they were so cheap now. Mm. Like layout, formatting, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's a good lesson to learn, as well as the, as as well as the fat material that you get generally from all these books, like some random superhero book, some fantasy book, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds interesting, Alex. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> you can go back to your seat now. When <laughs> <laughs> hell is over. <laughs> um, I have a couple of announcements to make, a couple of important announcements to make. First of all, we have two birthday boys this month, keeping with the elementary schoolroom um, mystique or whatever <laughs> that we had going here a minute ago. Rudy, our own Rudy Johnson is how old? 28. 28 fucking years old. Too fucking old. But more important than that, a man without whom this podcast probably could not exist, a man who, although he's never been here in the flesh, is a constant source of moral support to Mom's Basement Podcast with his unflinching optimism and his (laughs) always upbeat Google Plus posts. He's just... The ray of sunshine that illuminates Mom's Basement Podcast, even if he keeps declining our request for an interview. None other than Mr. Dan Maruschak. 
Rooster. Dan. Has had his birthday recently. So, happy birthday, Dan. I look forward to yet another year of basically talking about you on the podcast. (laughs) And of Rudy long-distance flirting with you. Yep. Guilty. So, who wants to Guilty? Who wants to introduce Guilty? Well, Guilty is a game by uh, Vincenzi Giacomo. Giacomo? I don't know. I, I tried, buddy. So. <laughs> um, basically, it's a game that um, is trying to I don't want to say mimic the legal system um, because it doesn't really mimic the legal system of the United States anyway. But uh, it's basically a game, improvisation, where you have a newspaper and um, you have several articles in in that newspaper. And you use that as the base to build the, uh, the fiction on. The fiction being basically a game about a crime that's been committed. And it's uh, it looks like it's for five players, but we played it with three. Yeah. And it uh, it went pretty smoothly with that. So. Doubled up on the <coughs> character a little bit. Yeah. A goofy, um, improvisational cartoon drama game. Alex it to Phoenix Wright, and I can bear comparison. It's also it's also um wrote at the bottom of the uh, of the PDF that it was inspired by Yeah, he actually Yeah, we put that in the in the credits there. Like objection The the only way the game could have been really better is if that was part of the uh, the rules. Where anytime you said something you have to slam your your fists or hands on the on the desk and then point at the person and say what the phrase you're gonna say. Yeah. That should be added to the rules. Um, so as Rudy was saying, the mechanics here are pretty straightforward. You actually integrate newspaper. You well, first of all, you take a newspaper, take your, your local paper, or the New York Times, fucking Plattsburgh Press Republican, the, or use a historical newspaper you find online, and whenever you are going to accuse someone of a crime. You, to use the newspaper, you use a headline, you cut out of the newspaper, or a picture out of the newspaper, and you use that headline or picture uh, to inspire the charge that you bring against someone else. Mm-hmm. So, example of last from last night. Well, I'll get the picture up since I saved it. The example was um, bankers finally bring selling to halt three minutes before closing. And Rudy used that example uh, to say that he couldn't have possibly committed uh, the crime that we initially set up, which was a murder of, of poisoning, to, to say that he couldn't possibly have done it because he'd left several minutes before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one there that talked about the death of a, of a senator, of a U.S. senator, and we yeah. used that. Right. And it also had 
like bald and sickly looking. And we used the picture plus the headline with a story about how he had been poisoned and how the uh, the accused or how the, the defendant was accused of poisoning him. So talking about the structure of the game, just to introduce it a little more. The basic structure here is that you have an attorney who is not really a GM. It's kind of a confrontational pseudo-GM role, though. It's an, it's an interesting role. And the attorney um, basically is there to open the trial and accuse one of the defendants. And also he's there to object to the defendant's testimony and do a few other things to structure the game. And then you have four criminals who each a separate criminal role. And uh, what are they? It's it's from the Game Chef. It's from Game Chef. So they're all based on the different Game Chef terms this time around. Yeah, Lantern, Coyote, Mimic, and Doctor. Doctor. Don't forget the evil Doctor. Right. And each of them have different criminal specialties. Like the Doctor is good at uh what is it like poisoning and uh the plant you get, like scientific stuff and, and chemicals, that kind of shit chemicals, writes plans and supplies with weapons so and then you know and, and the mimic is kind of the subterfuge the person who can blend into the crowd who's the master of disguise and so on and so forth and the idea is that the attorney frames the crime and you go round by round and each round the attorney accuses one of the criminals and then the off to another of the criminals the headline from the newspaper to explain why and to um, expand upon the crime in a way that ropes one of the other criminals into it. Happening, the attorney has, and each round he's checking down whether he thinks that someone's alibi is believable or suspicious. And at the end of the game, you basically tally it up and use that to determine who really committed the crime. So, gotten a little synopsis of the game out there. What did you guys think of it? Swingle? I think it is an excellent premise. But there are some flaws that uh, make me want from Wayne to play it again in the current rules. Mm-hmm. Like it, just little some small tweaks. Because as you know, I have ridiculously high standards for other people's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rudy? Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it basically accomplished what it uh, what it set out to do, which is you know, be a kind of inventive, improvisational-type game. And it was fun, like, looking through the papers and stuff and trying to use that as a springboard for creativity. I thought this was a really fun, like, party game or parlor game. I thought, as you said, Rudy, scavenging the papers for headlines that you can use to support your argument was really fun. That was definitely the highlight of the game having to use the different headlines to frame your uh, your defense and also your the accusations that you're making towards other characters. 
I think as far as that's concerned, the game is basically a slam dunk. It's a great concept, which is why this actually is one of my um, ten favorite games for Game Chef uh, 2012. I thought, as far as concerned, great. I, I know that as a role-playing game, there's a little bit missing here. I didn't feel like there was much real impetus to play out much of anything besides giving testimony. You know, you you um, basically look at the paper, you find a headline, you rationalize the headline, maybe in your character's voice if you're feeling ambitious, and then you pass it off to the attorney or to another criminal, and it you know, and then they pick it up. There's not much um, impetus here to really do it. As Alex was saying, there's not much in the rules that really encourages you to play, like really role play the scene to get kind of goofy melodrama in there, or to get any kind of serious, uh, or to have any kind of serious like murder mystery plot evolve out of this. There's not much impetus for like in-character role playing or cohesive narrative building here, I thought. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because the game, as I said, really succeeds at being a parlor party game with like light role-playing elements. It's a black as that's concerned. And maybe it doesn't need any. What do you guys think? What say you, Swingle? Oh, um, in, in terms of uh, the positives, that was the pretty much the exact thing that I was going for, is I like the concept of... Um, getting your answers from the newspaper headlines and uh, bullshitting your way into uh, finding excuses of how you did or did not do it and how to pin it to somebody else. Although I didn't think that the rules uh, did a good job in terms of explaining like, you know, how to help tie um, whatever, like basically if you actually had to use the headline to tie it to someone you're accusing or if you're just using the headline to defend yourself. Because like sometimes we would do that, sometimes we wouldn't, and it would be it would be helpful if it was more clear. Like if we just had to defend ourselves, or if we had to defend ourselves and use that as the uh, motivation to uh, to blame somebody else. Supposed to blame someone else at the end of your testimony, but use your headline for that, or use your headline to establish your alibi is ambiguous in the text. It's true. Yeah, ma- mainly the um, like. For me, the positive is the actual game concept, and like I said, the negative is that there's 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 quite a bit of um, because of the translation process and um, the translator. There's a there's a few things that um, are not picked up well uh, when it comes to uh, my my American English. Yeah, the translation is a than a crude Google translation. Which is what I'm reading off of when I uh, when I was ta- when we talked about it during the Game Chef episode, but uh, it's still kind of an imperfect translation. It's good, but it's not great. There are still some areas where the word choice and the language makes it more difficult than it should be to understand exactly what the rules are. Um, well, one of the pretty much the only negative I had with it, um, besides what you said, Swingle, you know, that it should be a little bit more clear as far as 
you know, whether you're supposed to defend yourself or whatever with the testimony. But the only negative I had was that I found it kind of hard sometimes to actually use, and maybe this was because of the paper we chose or whatever. Maybe I just blanked out or something. But it was kind of difficult after a while to figure out how you were going to use some of the articles to, and there's nothing really to, 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 you know, to help you in the game if you get stuck. Yeah, and, and there also was uh, no time limit either, because I remember Rudy, like, yeah. stammered for, like, four <laughs> minutes, saying, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I think that'd be, that'd actually be something that'd be really cool to have in the game, is, like, have a time limit. And then, like, after the time expires, either somebody else finishes it for you and you might get fucked up that way, or basically your your testimony is just wiped out or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. And that'd also, I think, lead to more ridiculous, uh, more ridiculous stuff. Yeah. More ridiculous scenarios, like. Okay. Um, well, the, um. Yeah, another thing I wanted to uh, to point out, um, and this was kind of um, th- this was 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 me feeling a fault, uh, not necessarily uh, the game itself, but uh, to me when the uh, the, the way the uh, the game starts in terms of um, the way the attorney does it is they pick a player and they just randomly assign a title to them, and in terms of of one of the four titles and the thing that I. I, I really didn't like that to a certain point, depending on how the person who designed it wanted the game to be worked, because it made it a lot more difficult for, uh, especially for me, when I had to uh, pick articles and uh, use that defense and try and shoehorn it into the way my character's persona was supposed to be, especially if it was just thrown on to me seconds ago. See, I... Or if you, you actually show persona at the beginning of the game, make a more robust list of possible criminal personas. I understand that these were basically designed using the game chef term, <laughs> and that um, that's why you have the four roles that are in the game. But you basically assigned a role by the attorney, which is okay which means that the game starts immediately and that you don't have people arguing over the roles at the beginning of the game. But I think if it wasn't rigidly... The way the game is designed now is it should have exactly five players. You should have one attorney and one of each of the four criminal roles. I think if you had a longer list of criminal roles that you could choose from at the beginning of the game and you didn't necessarily have to have all of them in the same game because I don't think there's any real mechanical reason you would need to have all of them in the same game. Game to having the possibility to have more or less play required amount, but you also you also make it possible for the players to pick a role that they're going to be comfortable playing in the game, which I think um, which I think address the problem that Alex Wendell is talking about, where you know Coyote, you don't really see any head fit like the idea of the brain. Well, you don't frame the coyote, and you don't see anything that fits his stereotype, except what I said. I think it would open the game up a little more. It would, um, and also since it is kind of a fun party game, being able to have it—it'd be almost like how you pick your piece at the beginning of the Monopoly game. Mm-hmm. You know, Monopoly, even though it's 
totally arbitrary. Monopoly would lose something if someone just throws a piece at you at the beginning of the game and say, oh, there's a shoe. Deal with it, bitch. <laughs> Some kind of identification that goes on at the beginning of the game when you pick your piece, when you decide, no, I'm going to be the, shoe. No, I'm going to be the top hat. That's my identity in the game. And the game would be strengthened by that. Yeah, because I, I wasn't um, I wasn't saying like the random player was a terrible thing. It was just that I'm not sure where the guy is going at because for me it would it, it would be more helpful if I got to pick the character class or if um, it was assigned to me minutes before we started, not like you know instantaneously. Because then uh, instead of me picking the thing that I thought would have been interesting for like you know my counter, they go like, oh, you're something else that you didn't even choose that. But that was even closely related to the head title that you were going to use. And so now you have to flutter for about 30 seconds to a minute to try and figure out how the fuck am I going to do this now. Right. And that's all I was getting at because the randomness can also, it it, it completely changes the entire strategy and quotes of how you wanted the mood for that uh, game to work. Really? Oh, no, that's, I pretty much uh, said everything, but. One thing is there are intervention tokens in the game which allow the um, attorney to basically one of the criminals are trying to pass the buck to another criminal. He can stop and say, no, he needs to himself more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, the game puts it is to deepen the testimony, to say, hold on, you need to explain yourself. You just bullshitted me. You need to explain yourself better to the jury. I don't think the intervention tokens are necessary. And in fact, the way that the game text is written now, it's hard to see exactly how you earn and use intervention tokens. And it's hard. And since the intervention tokens have to actually be handled in a way that that prevents the other players from seeing them, it, it seems like a cumbersome and kind of thing. And so, sees the intervention tokens. Only the attorney uses the intervention tokens. And the tokens, yes, are supposed to wrap the ability to, to stop and make them expand upon their testimony. But when he has exclusive secret control over this, this rationing device anyway, it, it seems it's just a superfluous thing in a game that really needs to be a streamlined, quick play, straightforward game. So I would throw they're not adding too much and really just stick to the car mechanic here final thoughts on guilty Rudy oh, I like it it's a fun party game um, like I said it's I like playing with the newspapers and I think the, the way we did it we did it on a Google hangout um, but I think playing in real life with an actual newspaper would probably be a lot more fun. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Basically, what we just said, this is, a, and I said at the top, this is a really fun role-playing light party game, and it would be even more fun, as we said, to be played in your living room with a whole bunch of people. And yeah, and, that's, and to actually be physically picking up the newspaper and actually be physically pounding on the table and yelling guilty and it's a 
to have like a mock cart room going in your at your kitchen table, you know, or whatever would be would be really fun. It's a lot uh, of game. I think the superfluous mechanics like the intervention tokens make it so basically sit down, play really quick for an hour at any point in time and just enjoy it. So uh, Bon voyage. Uh, who, who wants to get this topic started? Who suggested this topic? Oh, Alex? I did, actually. Well, if you suggested the topic, you should, the topic. You should get us going. Hey, well, rules layering. Um, there's a lot of ways, I guess, to define it. Uh, but the way I personally define it is um, basically making the game stall by interjecting excessive amounts of, you know, rules knowledge into the into the game. Uh, does anybody want to define it different, or think that's... That's pretty much it. It's when the guy, someone says, no, you're not right. Now let me show you in the manual how to play the game. Basically, it's just for me whenever the game stalls, like, stalls hard. When some when there's a rules argument, basically, right. because somebody is like, nah, somebody just won't let something go, you know. Right, right. Well, it's somebody who actually tries to follow the rules instead of uses their own imaginative reasoning behind how they interpret the rules. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, I guess it depends on. That's why I mean. That's why I asked if anybody else was going to say anything because. It actually really, the term is really subjective, because it really depends on the group that you're in. And really, like really a lot of times, problems with so-called rules lawyering happens because people's like expectations don't match. And that's that's all I was going to say about it. Coming from my uh, background in wargaming... Uh, you'll tend to get that a lot with either people who are in the I want to win at all cost uh, camp or the people who actually want to play exactly the way it is written. And if the game is written flawed in a flawed manner or anything like that, you will play it in the flawed manner that was actually created and not the uh, one that was built in your head, such as the game we just played. <laughs> such as that. I think it's interesting because on one hand you have on one hand you have the kind of rules lawyering that you're talking about where dead in the dead fucking tracks to argue with the group about what the ECL should be on a hobgoblin or something like no play a hobgoblin the ECL and a hobgoblin is three and the only how goblin or even the nuance in a stat block of some monster or some something like that or whatever I'm all almost all the instances I've seen of rules lawyering so there's that kind of rules lawyering where some, where the minutia of the game's rules or the game's text 
becomes something that prevents the game from being moved forward, or become a weapon that someone uses to prevent the game from moving forward, whether they conceive it an act of aggression or not. And then, but then there's another type of, but then there's a reality that if you deviate too far from the rules of the game, that often, if you're reading your own game as you play it, that makes it hard to find the ground that you need, the, 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 the shared space, that you, the shared intellectual space, the shared um, precepts that you need in order to actually keep playing the game. Yeah. So, on the one hand, one of the most destructive things that can happen in, the, in a game is the guy who keeps stopping the game to tell you you're playing it wrong. But one of the... So maybe that's the most destructive thing that can happen to your game. But the second most destructive game, thing that might happen to your game is not having any kind of grounding force at all. Not having anyone there to say, oh, wait a second, we better check the rules because this is something fundamental right here. What we're talking about, uh, this is something that is a real... Um, it's right, guys, because if we're doing this wrong an hour from now, we're going to be so far from the game that we thought we were playing when we sat down. Yeah. So there is need sometime to have someone step in and check the game you're playing against the game in the text, just so you can keep playing the game that everyone sat down to play. Right. I think what really is important, like you said, is... Uh... Well, just to say it another way, is consistency in rules being applied. Um, I guess, as you said, like if you're playing it wrong an hour before and then an hour later it comes back up, and right. God forbid it's applied differently or something, that's when people start to get pissed. Right. So. Right. So I wonder... I mean, obviously, this is often a problem with players. There are some players who have an impulsive need to... <laughs> I was going to destroy play using the game's text, text as a weapon, and I guess I won't mince words. And I've played with those people, you know. I've seen people derail, destroy the game using the game itself as a weapon. That absolutely fucking happens. But in some instances, some, in some instances, the material is already there. The seeds are planted by the game text itself. The game text is too, too complex, has too many nuances, has, has too cumbersome a rule set, has left all sorts of loopholes for players like that to exploit, then, which once again is very true of D&D. Yeah, the, uh, the thing with me with, uh, with uh, rules lawyers is uh, a lot of times they actually could be more positive than what people uh, tend to call them out as because um, quite generally... Um, especially with all those uh, new books that I got, I'm reading them and a lot of people don't know how to actually write rules, at least in a way that makes sense and can't be um, 
deciphered in a different way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah a lot of the times is that, that that's what they're doing is they're trying to say like, hey, either they're trying to game the system in order to try and get as many positive bonuses as possible and exploiting loopholes that way, like, you know, feats and multi-classing shit like that. Or they're trying to actually say, if we want to play this game, the game that you bought or the game that you have right now, if we want to play it right, we need to adhere to the rules. And so I'm going to highlight those rules. If you hate those rules, well, then you might want to just put big old black marks all across those lines where everything's (laughs) done wrong in your eyes so we can play the game that you want to play. Or call the task on the people who make shitty rules in terms of the way they're written. Because that's the main thing. With games like Warhammer 40k, um, those rule books are designed to be as confusing as fuck. It's a whole bunch of uh, of people, a bunch of old guys in Britain writing down rules that are not written precisely to the point where you actually can understand what the fuck they're saying. And that a lot of the times that game is not about having fun. It's about making sure your opponent plays the game correctly and not cheating accidentally yourself. Right. Yeah. In games like that, it's entirely due to the writer's fault and not to the person who's actually being a rules lawyer. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That In some cases, the manual is written so poorly that it basically creates problems when you play it. <laughs> and then it conflict over interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that there may be some instances where the rules of the game are unambiguous, if you're willing to study them long enough, but the intent may be ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Like, when and how these rules are supposed to be applied, or even what game the rules are supposed to generate. Maybe ambiguous. And if there's ambiguity there, if there's ambiguity about the game that people are sitting down to play, then all the lawyering in the world, and all in the most clearly set rules in the world, is not going to prevent conflict in the game. And once again, I'm thinking about D&D and all the different expectations that you can have going into a game of D&D. Or a game of World of Darkness, or a game of GURPS, or a game of Guilt, even. <laughs> And how, because you're not sure what game, because you're not sure of the kind of narrative the game is supposed to be creating, or how much narrative the game is supposed to create, or how much, or what the game is supposed to be played sitting, standing, and funny hats, you know, all those little things. <laughs> like, what you think you're going to get out of this game. Is it it's going to be a million strategy? game of, of Shakespearean drama is it all shit. If that shit isn't in some way established text itself or by the players before they sit down to play or past experiences and expectations of the group, if you don't sit straight, there procedures ever and still have conflict in the game over how it's supposed to be played and still have people come out Looking like rules lawyers. Yeah, definitely. Probably one of our shortest second part segments. Yeah. No, at least uh. say more. 
Well, I mean that's that's really how I feel because like when people uh, call out like you know, like no he gets a plus four bonus blah 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 no he gets a minus five because <laughs> you can't uh, because the guy is questioning what uh, your bluff or whatever like that stuff is done just because it, it's usually because of a of, of bad design it's not usually because of the person like being a dick it's like if you want to play the game the way it's meant to be played. Do a better job writing it. I I I, always, I don't blame the person at the table. I blame I I always blame the original creators, because it's it's if if they have a message they want to send, they need to fucking send it, and they don't they 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 shouldn't try and go like well I tried to give the best I can interpret on how somebody might read this because I read a whole bunch of like. Uh, manuals or internet blog posts on how I'm supposed to write these things, but I, I really didn't get the message across as I wanted to, you know, kind of like uh, as I as I wrote in the uh, in the Skype ca- chat, as, as the great example is like Burning Wheel and Burning Empires by the infamous Luke Crane, because I always like to call him out <laughs> on his bullshit. The infamous. Um, he. Yeah, he's he's infamous because he's he's just he's he's he does a terrible job at writing his books, uh, because routinely, um, the only time you actually uh, understand how the game is played is if you get someone who's played it with Luke Crane himself. If you don't get anyone who's actually played the game with him, um, or played like with one of his acolytes, you don't know how to play the game correctly. Just for the record. I- actually play burning wheel and i have no opinion about it one way or another but that's is what i routinely see on message boards and here on podcasts is that i really figured out how the game works when playing directly with him or playing with someone who played with him before several times and anytime somebody tells you that they really understood it after they played with the original designer and not by reading the book repeatedly over and over again that tells me that any problems that happened due to people nitpicking at the rules is due to the writer. Well, yeah, and that challenge that a lot of indie designers face. I mean, that's something that keeps me up at night. You know, when so many of your sessions of your game have been played just with your group, just with people you know, like what's off the street? What experience is some dude off the street going to have playing my game? Have I made it clear enough? How much of it how much of the results that I was getting in play were a result of me sitting there saying, oh, no, wait, this is how we do it. Or or just the my attitude, the nonverbal cues that I'm sending off when we're playing. How much of that? Well, all of that is invisible in the game's text, right? So how much of that I failed to communicate in the text of the game? I mean, this is serious business shit. This is scary shit. Um, and the only way that you really start to get hints about that is when other people are playing your game. And because of the fucked up culture that we have, oftentimes that's after, like, in addition the game has been printed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely really no good like, laboratory for uh, for testing rules, you know, and, and the writing rules. In the indie RPG or in the regular RPG community, even obviously from stuff like D and D coming out. <laughs> That's true. No. 
extensive play that went into 3.5 or fourth edition and how we still have so many of these issues with interpretation. Well, it, it could be based on the equivalent of a uh, podcast I listened to where people from the Dungeon World uh, p- uh, fame there uh, basically gave a whole uh, hour-long discussion about how to uh, manipulate uh, playtester feedback. That's true. I really hate those guys. I, I, I would, If I illegally could, I would punch the shit out of them. Because <laughs> I, I just, I can't, to- I, I don't understand why we tolerate any type of bullshit. I mean, we don't tolerate rules lawyers. In terms of like, oh, you're just a waste of my time, you know. Why, why are you, you know, you know, screwing us over, you know? Where we have, we only have so many minutes in this game session. Why do we have to fight for thirty minutes about this one fucking rule? And it's like that rule would probably have been fixed if it wasn't for the original creator. And that's absolutely true. There are many times when these problems stem from the te- game text itself. But I don't want this podcast to end on the note of, oh, you know, it's always the fault of the designers. Because there really do exist some fucking pathological personalities in gaming groups. Some people who just cannot resist the opportunity to direct the game using the minutia of the game's text. And sometimes using misinterpretations of the game text. Maybe even malicious intentional misinterpretations and misreadings of the game text just just as part of a power play or just because they feel like uh, because they're unhappy with the way the game is progressing and to use the game manual itself to use the text of the game as a weapon to derail the game I mean it happens, it happens all the time it's happened in so many sessions I've sat in and it's even if you could have the platonic ideal, perfect game text, you're still going to have some pathological up play who will take and fuck up the game with it. <laughs> Connect four. Go for it. Connect four. Oh, sorry. Uh, the text part, because I think... <laughs> Anyways, that little uh, reason for laughter was because I wrote that uh, I cannot misinterpret Connect Four for a reason. True. Because it was written well. It's also kind of simplistic, though. But that's a whole other story. That it was actually explained to the point where you can't be a dick. That's a good point to end this discussion on. Actually, I can't misinterpret Connect Four for a reason. <laughs> Although some kids basically flip out over Connect Four and like <laughs> and stop. <laughs> well, I mean, them being retarded is different than being re- rules lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Discussion on. Because really, you can't flip out over it. It's like, okay, make your move. But if I make my move, you win. It's like, make your move. <laughs> oh. But that's what I'm saying. That's not a rules lawyer. That's a dude who's refusing to play the game by the rules. Right. 
<laughs> so that, that's what I mean. It's like, uh, that, that's not a rules lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yep. Well, any thoughts here before we wrap this thing up? Yeah. I, I know it wasn't the conversation that you probably were expecting. It's just that I, <laughs> I, I really don't, and I, I really don't see even the times when people have become rules lawyers in quotes, I don't see it ever being the player's problem. Really? Yeah. It's 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 always do the poor writing. And the only problem is if you like the game and you want to continue playing it, you have to play it the right way with them or play it the way you want to play it with somebody else. That's or even try and convince them that says, hey, you know, just let it go. And that's a social thing. That's not and that that's what makes it a difficult discussion since most of us are socially inept. <laughs> Valid. Um, I just want to say again, happy birthday to Amaru's chat. Yeah, much love, man. Much love. I just want to say, hey, like, hey, <laughs> Sam Pat, you owe me two books, two books, two copies of They Became Flash. And please send to me the other backers because this is ridiculous and i would really like even now even after all this shit i really want to play your game i really want to play your game and have a positive experience with what looks like a really awesome game and I, so please give me an opportunity to say some more about your game on mom's basement podcast by sending the game to me since <laughs> that's that's a definitely a, a, a different take on begging for sure. <laughs> okay, so microphone coming out. Yeah, sure. Why not? Coming out. They've had their fill already. Yeah, they have. They've had more than their fill. They they were fucking greedy gut tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, I, 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 I do apologize on behalf of uh, Will and uh, Rudy for uh, making us wait a month and a half to do another recording. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am sincerely sorry about that. But no. And hopefully the recording was able to hit that last mark because <laughs> you went out again. <laughs> <laughs>